Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Nanny Mitz. It is our first bonus episode of the summer. I did say that we were going to uh, take the entire month of July off, but, uh, you know, had some stuff happen that I want to talk about. Didn't want to wait until the beginning of August to actually talk about it. Um, plus, we actually have something we need to plug here. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way here before I get uh, my my co-host for the evening, Steve Fetch, to join us. Actually, before I do that, Fetch, how you doing? Good. Well, you're you're a liar for you know not taking the entire month of uh, July off. Well, but, I did you know, caveat I, it by saying that if something big happened or if I got an interview, you know, if something came up that I needed a podcast, then I would. But um, yeah, definitely not putting out weekly episodes. This is just kind of I'll have this one. I might have another one early next week for KU Media Days. Depends on if KU says anything interesting on Thursday when they're coming up. We we are recording this Wednesday night. It'll be out early Thursday morning. Um, but if KU says something interesting or a story comes out of it that I think really needs to be addressed that can't wait until August, then I will go ahead and jump on. Um, you know, I might also just have in the podcast feed. I have some some colleagues from the, the 1012 podcast that are down there at Media Days. They did tell me they're going to try to get some audio. So we'll see if I've got some 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 commentary based well, off of that. But yeah, it's 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 good that you left your, yourself, uh, you know, as as right, smarter right. people than us have said, you know, you left yourself some outs. So I, I did good. leave myself some outs. I, I've learned my lesson <laughs> from those days. So. Um, but before we get started with the, the actual topics we have to cover today, just did want to, uh, to, to let everyone listening know that both here at the Rock Chalk Podcast and Rock Chalk Talk, the website, um, are, are proud sponsors of Devontae Graham's 2021 Youth Basketball Pro Camp um, that the former KU star is going to be hosting this summer. It's going to be on August 6th at Shawnee Mission South High School. Uh, if you go to DevonteGrahamCamp.com, you can actually sign up there. If you use the promo code Rock Chalk, you can get 10% off. So if you have any youth you know, from, from grades one to 12 that want to learn from Devonte Graham, um, then you can go ahead and actually go there and get them signed up, save 10% with the promo code rock chalk. So fetch here today, we're actually here to talk about a couple different things. The main one being this, this, uh, article that came out by Jesse Newell at the Kansas city star, 
um, kind of talking about this quote unquote paying, um, you know, a, a former walk on Humphrey to go home, you know, to leave. Um, I did have some thoughts about that and you're more than welcome to kind of jump in, but I, I know that this is kind of a, I don't know that there's a lot to necessarily discuss other than talking about what that article was not doing. Um, because I've seen a lot of people get on some, some high horses and have some really bad hot takes based off of this. Um, I even saw some people say, you know, try to equate this with the whole Baylor sexual assault scandal, um, that, that, sh- you know, and saying, oh, well, when is KU going to get their, their fines from the big 12 for this? So, um, you know, real quick, what I'll kind of just lay out, I've got basically got four main thoughts that come out of this. Um, the main one being that, you know, there's a lot of information that we don't have from the story. You know, we don't know what the initial disagreement was between Humphrey and whatever his, you know, whichever teammates this was, you know, how did that get started? Was there other things going on that caused a bunch of bad blood between these particular players? I have absolutely no idea what the rest of the context is. We only know about from this one small point moving forward. This is like, you know, um, some sort of like World War II document or not, not even that one specifically, but some sort of like story about a war between, you know, two two huge countries. And yet you come in probably about, you know, a year before it's over and it's been going on already for like six or seven years prior to that. Like you have absolutely no idea what prior context there was that led up to the situation. We only know about one aspect of this, what one guy is saying, um, you know, and kind of what goes on from there. I'm not trying to say that what, uh, you know, the story as outlined and the things that he says are absolutely false. What I'm saying is I have absolutely no idea. If someone, you know, you being a lawyer, if someone were to bring this story to you, um, you know, and try to get you to, to go ahead and do something off of it. I, I have to imagine that there you'd be like, you would need a whole lot more information before you could actually do anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in, in listen, I'll, I'll start this off by saying I, I read the story once and kind of have memory hold it and forgotten about it uh, since then. So I'm probably not going to be too much help to you on this one, but um, yeah, I think there's just so much missing. There's no, you know, what was the original fight about? Um, aren't they breaking the NDA by talking about it now? Yeah. Uh, how come there wasn't, you know, and, and granted, you know, a lot of times the other side of the story isn't really told and things like this because, you know, the other side just won't talk or whatever, but, uh, you know, there was no, no real context to it or anything like that. Um, you know, when, when the four guys burst into the apartment, why didn't, uh, uh the player who left, whose name I, uh, Humphrey, uh, why didn't he call the cops? Uh, you know, why did he call well, out instead of calling the cops? Yeah, the story um, said that they actually did call the cops and the cops ended up oh, showing up, okay. but nothing right. happened. Which, okay. it's it's also one of those things like, yeah, definitely it sounds like, you know, there was some intimidation involved. Doesn't sound like there was actual, you know, any kind of assault or anything like that at that point. Like, just based off of the information that was provided in the story. I have no idea what else happened that didn't make its way into the story. And I think that's part of the problem there. I'm not trying to accuse, you know, I I love the work that Jesse does. I'm not sure if this was, there was some additional information or if this was supposed to be like, you know, couched as like, this is his side of the story. Why don't we know more about it? Or, you know, if there was more information was included in the story that just didn't make its way in because of the editing product. Like, I have absolutely no idea well, what went into making the story the way it was. It just seems like it's incomplete. Yeah, I think, and you're right to, to touch on it there, that I think any issues with that, uh, and maybe I'm I'm biased here because I like Jesse, but it just seems like the the incompleteness and, and everything like that would be an editing thing versus a, a reporting thing. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I think it, it's also... 
like it's definitely incomplete because half the people or or more than half the people that you would need to talk to to get the whole story didn't want to talk. And so like that's on right. them as much as it is on the person who's doing the digging. I just I don't know that you can what I don't have a problem with the story being told. I don't have a problem with the, with the article coming out. The issue that I have is what people are wanting to do with it to kind of say, oh, my gosh, you know, okay, you're such an embarrassment. You need to sanction the school, like do all this other additional stuff. It's like there's not enough information about it. The people that were in charge at the time that, you know, look really bad because of this, for the most part, are gone. There's that one compliance official that's mentioned in the story. Um, but you know what? Like the way that this is being described, again, he didn't actually speak for the story. It was the parents and and the actual student who ended up leaving. Um, you know, it, it seems to me like it really just came down to he was the one that delivered the message because he was a family friend. Like, you know, it makes the most sense. If you know someone in an organization right. like that, you're going to talk to them first. And that's what most of your interaction is going to be filtered through, especially if you're not happy with what, you know, the higher ups decided that they wanted to do about it. Like you're going to you're going to have that conversation there. You're going to have that natural touch point with that individual person. So, like, again, I'm not saying that everything was on the up and up, but I, there's not enough there for me to say that something nefarious was happening other than the fact that it seems like, you know, Miles is very, very bad at conflict resolution, um, which I think that was something that we kind of knew going in, especially once we heard about the all of the you know additional LSU stuff that he ended up losing his job at, at Kansas for. Um, so like, this isn't a surprise. This isn't anything additional. The only person that this sheds new bad light on would be Jeff Long. Cause he would have had to sign off on all of this to actually happen. Um, but I think the final point, like the one characterization of this that I think is incorrect. And, and this, this came off as a headline issue to me, not necessarily a, the way that it was written. Um, this is not hush money. Like if you look at everything that was actually put in yeah. that, in that NDA, it was paying the rest of his tuition and his scholarship for him to take his classes online. So that's honoring his scholarship after he left the team. Uh, it was expenses for him to get back to West Virginia, to move back with his family and to be able to finish, you know, out there. Um, there may have been a little bit of extra money involved just like to deal again with moving expenses and things like that, but there wasn't an additional payment for them to keep quiet. It was literally, we're going to let you finish out your degree. We're going to, you know, honor that, that scholarship that you were given after you were walk on and we award you a scholarship and we're going to go ahead and pay for you to get relocated instead of, you know, paying for your housing here. We're going to, we're going to get you back home so you can do all that stuff online from home. Yes. It's unfortunate. He wasn't able to go to another program because of all the COVID stuff and everything kind of associated with that. But it doesn't sound like Kansas was, you know, trying to, to give him a huge payoff so that he wouldn't say anything. It literally sounds like there was a disagreement. They figured they couldn't make it work. You know, when you have, when one individual player has a, a big problem with several players on the other side of the team, unless there's substantial evidence to show that those other players did something wrong, you're naturally going to say the easiest way to resolve this is to just have the one player who, you know, you know, again, he, he wasn't someone who had a lot of playing time. So like from a team perspective, it made the most sense from like a risk, you know, ratio or risk reward for that one individual player to go ahead and leave the team and try to find an opportunity somewhere else. And like, uh, I don't know. I just, I have a hard time characterizing this as hush money for him to go away because someone obviously did something very wrong. It sounds like we had two different groups of people, one of them being one person and one being a bunch of other people that just couldn't get along. And so they resolved it by, you know, honoring a scholarship for a guy and making him go home, you know, and basically saying that, look, you're not going to be able to get along here. So we're going to let you go ahead and get the education we promised you elsewhere. Yeah. And I think, you know, sure there was an NDA, but I mean, I don't think that that in and of itself would, would deem it hush money, you know, obviously right. in order for any type of contract to be enforceable at all, each side has to to give something. So he says, okay, I won't, you know, say anything or won't make any kind of complaint. And, 
Kansas obviously did the calculus to say it's going to be cheaper to, to pay him this versus, you know, if he does make some, some kind of a, a complaint or lawsuit or whatever, regardless of how frivolous it is, it, it could end up being more expensive than just saying, okay, we'll just, you know, honor your scholarship and, and pay your tuition and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a walk on. It sounds like the, the other players involved were, you know, at least, you know, on the two deep type guys and, um, you know, it's a, a fact of matter in college sports where <laughs> if you've got a walk on flashing with guys who are getting playing time, I mean, if it's even, uh, remotely close to, to even, and frankly, even if it's pretty lopsided as far as who's at fault with stuff, uh, the coach is going to side with, uh, the productive players. And I mean, that's kind of a, a newsflash for real life too. If you and some other employee at your company can't get along, and you suck at your job and the other employee is, you know, one of the top guys at the company. Or even not you suck at your with, job, you know? but like you're, you know, a, a replaceable employee, someone who does a job that other people can sure. do that don't have like sure. a very special sp- skill that's very crucial to the company. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. The, the way that it is. You know, the, the other the other two things here that really kind of jumped out, obviously, I thought Miles suggestion, assuming that it's 100 percent accurate and I don't have any reason to say that it's not. But like the idea of trying to use an Oklahoma drill or something like that for them to work out their problems. Obviously that doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if, you know, some of the things happen there, but what we don't know is what did all the other players tell miles? Like, you know, it very well could have been that he is playing it up as all of this. And yet every single, you know, all four of the other people are downplaying it. And then like, yeah, ultimately if everything that, that come that came out in that story is hundred percent accurate, then that seems like a very callous and a very incorrect um, you know, way to react to that. But if, you know, if, if the coach, the information you're getting is, Hey, four of my players on the defense are having some issues with this, you know, one offensive guy, like maybe the best way to do it is to, is to get them on the field and get them, you know, kind of working. And, and like, it, it doesn't seem to me com- to be completely out of line, depending on the context of what miles actually knew. Um, you know, the other thing that, that lug nut story about loosening his lug nuts, um, he had absolutely no proof that it was any of the players. Yeah, he could have had his suspicions, but like it makes perfect sense that the cops didn't file a police report based just off of his word that he thinks that might have been the person who did it. And, you know, again, without any kind of proof that they were involved at all in that and that it wasn't some either random vandalism or just unfortunate, you know, something like that happening, um, you know, like it, you you can't really act on that. It just it adds it's kind of inflammatory information that has no, ba- you know, grounding in facts that we can actually prove and so yeah it sounds bad but again i I can't fault miles for not taking that particularly seriously or for the cops not you know pursuing a charge on that because i have absolutely no idea if any of that's actually true if that person was actually you know the one that did it yeah so in in one i guess one point and then i'll be done because i'm kind of out of points to make but yeah me too uh, there was a there was a uh very brief uh, mentioned in there about one of the players potentially being involved with like some animal abuse type stuff. And that, that to me, that's the only thing. Well, first of all, that probably shouldn't have just been like a one sentence in yeah. the story, but um, that's really the thing to me that, that kind of would, would make me upset more than anything else, to be honest with you. So um, I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's really the last point that that's maybe something that should have been touched on a little. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things. Like I said, there's there's more information. If you were going to turn this into something that like if you needed if if you wanted to make some brand grand proclamations based off of this, you need more information to do it. I think that's really what it comes down to. So I didn't really want to 
to, to make a big deal out of this and actually do a podcast episode about it. But then I saw some really bad takes and some really, you know, big pronouncements made from people that I, I usually respect their opinions. Um, and so I just wanted to make sure that we actually talked about it because it seems ridiculous to me that people are making this a big of a deal other than like K-State fans. Of, of course, they were going to make that a big deal. And, and Baylor fans that are upset about, you know, several KU sites and several KU people that were extremely upset about the way that, uh, you know, they talked about that, ba- that Baylor stuff. So I, I heard a lot of crap from a lot of people that were Baylor related because of that, which, um, yeah, seems kind of ridiculous to, to even try to equate those two things. So, all right, moving on. Um, we're not, we're not going to throw it to an ad break for this particular episode again, because it's a bonus and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, but so what we're going to do, the only other real big news to kind of come out um, is that every single player that is eligible to come back other, you know, with the exception of Marcus Garrett, you know, coming back for like a super senior year, um, every underclassman that had the opportunity or that, that declared for the NBA draft and could come back, decided to come back to school. That includes Remy Martin, the transfer from Arizona state. Um, so I just want your, your general thoughts. Were you surprised by any of the decisions that anyone made? Were like, were you expecting anything to leave? And, and how do you think this sets Kansas up, especially with some of the other guys that are coming back, like UCLA getting their, their two-star players coming back. Um, you know, does this make Kansas a, a a national title favorite or like a Final Four favorite, or or do you think that there's a lot of work that they still need to do, even with all this talent coming back? Yeah, I think for me, the only real surprising thing was was Ochai coming back. I think you know, given uh, his statement when he left, the fact that you know it, it seemed like even if he got like a two way guarantee that he was going to be gone, um, and then the fact that you know Jalen Coleman lands commits and and you think okay, he's he's the replacement, that sort of thing. He's going to step in and do the same thing. Um, that kind of made me surprised when he decided to come back, but uh, given the way he can shoot and, and he's probably the team's best on ball defender now. So uh, that's a huge, huge um, decision by him. And then, yeah, as far as um, who the title favorites are, I really think, you know, Torvik right now has him fourth uh, behind Gonzaga, UCLA and Michigan. Um, frankly, I think, you know, they maybe have a little bit of a hole at point guard, which is kind of weird to say, given that they're probably going to have the preseason big 12 player of the year uh, as their starting point guard. But after that, you know, can, can Joe Yesifu come in and be a point guard? Can, you know, Dewan Harris be the point guard, that sort of thing. I mean, they, they might have a little bit of an issue there, but really other than that, I think that they can um, match up with anybody. They have such a versatile lineup that really anything that they see, they're going to have the ability to, to attack it or defend it. Um, you know, I, I think that they certainly belong on the list of national championship contenders. I think personally, I would have them ranked preseason number one just because of the depth that they have as well as uh, the star power they have at the top. But I could be swayed for, a, you know, a Gonzaga or a, a UCLA or a Michigan uh, as well, certainly. Yeah, I was going to say Gonzaga and UCLA are probably the two that jump out to me the most um, that I think definitely should be ranked ahead of Kansas. Um, again, just just because they have so many big pieces coming back that were really good for them last year, you know, on, on those final four teams. So it's like it's almost the, you know, sticking with what, you know, and and kind of the unknown of Kansas. Like Kansas is definitely a lot more talented than they were last year, but they have a similar sort of issue that you're not sure how that, you know, how, how they're going to gel, how that team is going to come together, whether the chemistry is going to be there. So while they are definitely a lot more talented now than they were last year, and so you expect that ceiling to be higher. Um, it's still possible they don't hit that ceiling because we saw that a lot with Kansas that it took them a really long time to get everybody, 
you know, going where they needed to be to get everyone to gel, to get everyone to come together. They finally hit their stride. And then, of course, COVID kind of derailed all of that for them at the end of the year. So, you know, it's one of those things where I definitely would think that they're going to be a much better team this year than they were last year. It should be enough to win the Big 12, especially since, you know, despite everyone saying that Baylor is going to be really good again this year because of Scott Drew and, you know, they're getting some big pieces back. And, you know, I've seen some other some other teams that are being thrown up there like Texas, which seems ridiculous to me at this point, how high people think that they're going to be next year. Um, Kansas should be the clear Big 12 favorite next year just because of, of, you know, they have the best coach in the conference. They have the most talented and, and deepest roster in the conference as well. Um, and, yeah, I definitely think that they're, they are a national title contender. Um, you know, I think if they don't make the final four, it would be at least a slight disappointment. Um, you know, barring, of course, big injuries or guys just not being nearly as good as we think they are. But coming into the year, you have to think that they are – not necessarily a shoe in because of the, the you know the the variance and the and the kind of crapshoot that the that that the, that the NCAA tournament is, but um, you know I, I think it would be a huge disappointment if they at least didn't make the Elite Eight. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think you know obviously March is a, a guard time, and they're going to have one of the best guards in the country. Um, if you believe what Joe Yesifu did in the last month or so at Drake is is legit. I mean, I think he's going to be a very good player as well. They've got the ability now to to really fill it up from three, which is you know similar to the last year they made the final four in 2018. I think the defense is going to be pretty good. Um, Scott Chasen made this point somewhere I don't remember where, but basically that you know in college scheme is a lot more important than personnel in terms of defense, or or at least more important than it is at the NBA right. uh, when evaluating defense. And you know, Kansas obviously has a, a pretty good guy at the helm of, of scheming for defense. So I think that they're going to be okay there. And, and I think, you know, Ochai Abaji, really good defender, um, will, will help a lot. I think, you know, Remy Martin can get after a little bit. Joe Yesfu can get after it a little bit, even though they're both kind of undersized. I think they'll have the ability to to shut teams down in the backcourt. Um, you know, not like, a, you know, Marcus Garrett can or whatever, but I think good enough. Um, and I think the offense is going to be really good. They fixed a lot of their ball handling issues. Um, David McCormick quietly had a very good uh, Big 12 conference season. So if he continues that, they've got the ability to score inside, um, you know, off the dribble, spot up shooting, everything like that. So just getting back to what I said earlier, they've got the ability to to match up with a lot of different teams and they're not going to be, you know, that lessens the opportunity of, oh, we just ran into this team in March that, maybe isn't as good as us, but it's just a, an awful matchup. Um, kind of like, you know, I mean, USC was as good as Kansas, but they were just a, a terrible matchup too, where that was probably more important. Um, that's not going to be as big of an issue this year. So, right. yeah, I think I think they're just, you know, they're going to have a deep run, I think, um, regardless of, of what their matchup is. And then it's just going to be, can they make those threes? Will their other team uh, make those threes? That sort of thing that determines how far uh, into the tournament they go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where we'll just kind of have to see how everything comes together. But, you know, I think that's the main takeaway that they have. You know, they are returning a core of a team that gelled really well last year, and they're adding a lot more talented pieces to it. So I expect them to to be able to get all of that together. And Bill Self has shown the ability to get the best out of his roster every single year. Um, at least by the end of of February and going into March. So I'm not, you know, even if there's hiccups early in the year or early in conference play, I'm expecting them to be playing really, really well at the end of the year. So it'll be, it'll be phenomenal to kind of see what we have that, you know, at the end of next year, I'm really excited for another season of talking about this Kansas basketball team, because 
I think they're going to have an opportunity to to come close to what they were doing in 2020 before they you know were robbed of the opportunity to be able to to actually go win a national title there. So if, if they can get one two years after that. Um, you know, I think I think everybody would be extremely happy if, if they're able to pull that off. So, all right, Fetch, uh, just final thoughts here. Um, anything else that you wanted to cover? Or I know that we already kind of talked about random sports minutes, like for the Olympics and things like that. But since we have another opportunity to do it before the actual Olympics happen, did you have a random sports minute or something you wanted to chat about here at the very end of this episode? Yeah, what the heck? Uh, so British Open starts tomorrow, um, or I guess the Open as it's known now. Right. Um, my favorite golf tournament of the year. I just, you know, it's, it's very cool watching links golf. It's a very different style of golf. I don't watch a ton of golf, uh, in terms of, uh, golf that's played over here, but it's, it's always fun to watch them play over there. And we didn't have one last year because of COVID. So, um, get up early at, I think it starts at like two in the morning or something like that. So, uh, set your alarms and, and watch some British open golf. I would say, I usually, I usually watch, uh, um, the Ryder cup. And maybe the major, so I might watch the British Open, but uh, I don't. I don't typically catch a lot of them, at least not until the weekend. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, there's been some interesting stories come out with golf, and of course, Phil Mickelson has has made it. I think <laughs> has has at least been interesting enough to kind of pull a whole a whole bunch of people back in uh, here and there. So um, any any uh, thoughts on on who you think? is either the favorite, like, do you, do you think that the, the Vegas favorite is, is probably going to, or has the best shot to win? Or is there someone specific that you're keeping your eye on? Yeah. You know, it's just, just so tough to say because this is such a different tournament than, um, you know, any other. So I think a lot of that stuff kind of goes out the, goes out the door. John Rahm is the, the Vegas favorite, I think pretty overwhelmingly. And of course he, uh, won the U S open last month. So that would be two in a row for him, which, uh, it's tough to see happening, um, so I'm kind of leaning away from him just for that reason. I, I kind of like Jordan Spieth. You know, he's been really good. He's won a British Open before. Uh, you know, he's a good putter, which is going to be helpful uh, on these huge greens. So um, I'll, I'll take Jordan Spieth, I guess. And, and he's also, you know, a guy that uh, is really fun to watch and seems like kind of a, a good guy, which you never know about these celebrities, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think I think Spieth's my, my guy to win. Sounds good. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Fetch, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Just one more plug here at the end, uh, you know, for Devontae Graham's basketball camp. Um, you know, we, we are sponsoring it here both at the podcast and over on Rock Chalk Talk. So if you go to DevonteGrahamCamp.com, you can get your youth signed up for that instructional basketball camp. It's a one-day camp on August 6th um, at Shawnee Mission High – I'm sorry, Shawnee Mission South High School um, – so definitely take your opportunity to go ahead and, and, and go register for that. Again, promo code Rock Chalk will get you 10% off of registration. So, all right, but that's going to do it for us. Fetch, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, which Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast, and you can subscribe there. Get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments, would be absolutely great. Um, you know, we do have some big things coming, so you definitely want to make sure that you're that you're getting in um, beginning of, of the new season is going to be on August 2nd is going to be our first episode of the new season. We got some big announcements to make. Uh, keep your eye on our Twitter at rock chalk pod. You also can email me at rock chalk gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, anything like that. So, um, you know, we do have some additional stuff coming up for you guys to be able to support the podcast. 
I'll get you guys details of that as soon as I possibly can. But uh, if you ever wanted to leave us a voicemail so you can get your voice on the podcast, just go to anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message, and you can do it there. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks, Fetch, for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.